Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Trusted by generations of farmers. Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Putting your animal nutrition needs first. Welcome to our programme. I'm John O'Connor. Coming up, fodder with major tillage farmer and business owner, Tom Barry. Sustainability and income, Billy Kelleher, regional manager, Chagask Cork East. ANC update with Odile Evans, acting deputy news editor, Irish Farmers Journal. Our top story, milk replacer for calves. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Miss Susan Casey, calf milk replacer specialist with Dairy Gold Agribusiness. First of all, Susan, welcome to the programme. Now, what does your new role as calf milk replacer specialist actually involve? Well, John, I suppose for the coming calving season, I'll be available for farmers for any advice to do with calf management and rearing, anything to do with nutrition and health around the calves. Also, any farmers with the automatic feeders, I'm trained up in them. So if they need help getting them calibrated and set up for the season, I can call out and help. If people want to get in touch with you, they can contact myself on 087-067-1246. That's 087-067-1246 or inside sales on 022-31644. And I'm available for phone calls or if needed, I can call out to farm and help with any um, calf-related problems. That's excellent, Susan. Very convenient indeed for our listeners and for dairy gold suppliers. The basics uh, farmers should be getting sorted out now. Calving is always such a busy time, so it's important to start prepping now. So the basics would be making sure that the calf houses are clean, that they've been disinfected. Um, Products such as kenococks, um, a broad spectrum disinfectant would be good and it can be used on all surfaces. Um, Making sure that there's enough bedding um, it's really important for the calves to make sure that they're kept warm and that there's no moisture um, in the pens. Also, make sure that all the crushes, the calving gates are working, check the, the calving jack. You don't want to be stuck on the day the cow is calving and then you realise that it's it's gone or it's broken. Feeders as well. Make sure that if you're not using an automatic feeder that the teats have been changed, they're clean, they've been sterilised. You don't want any infection spreading Um, And with the automatic feeders, make sure that you get them serviced early in case there is any issues. You don't want to be um, two or three weeks into calving season before you get your feeder up and going. Like everything else you've been talking about there, be prepared, have things ready. Make sure that you have your milk replacer ready on time to be looking at it as opposed to looking for it. Yeah, it's important that that's in the yard so that you're not trying to on top of everything else that'll be going on you won't be going out and looking for products and it's important to get a good quality milk replacer it's it's the only source of energy for your calf 
So if you don't pick a good quality milk replacer, you're 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 not off to a great start straight away. To check the label, look at the label, make sure the label is the right one and make sure, as you've said there already, a high quality product. Yeah, it's really important to actually look at the label and look at the back of the bag and the front of bags. They can promise every kind of thing, but make sure to look at it. Look at temperature would be the number one. When you're mixing milk replacer, it shouldn't be mixed over 40 degrees because you're killing the protein. So you're basically wasting your money. A 25% protein is now down to a 20% protein. Also look at the first ingredient on the bag. It should be whey protein. That's 65% protein, whereas a whey powder would only be about 35%. And then a vegetable protein is about... 12% 12% protein so you really need the, the whey protein that's a, a good quality and high concentrated protein also the number of ingredients in the bag if there's 15 or 16 ingredients in the bag there's a lot of poor quality protein they're adding a lot of ingredients to substitute for that whereas our own, our own range there's only about eight ingredients on the bag and then as well for any promises that they make, if they promise they're going to cure this or cure that, you're not going to cure anything with a milk replacer. You can help and you can create a good environment in the calf's um, gut, but it won't cure anything. Some of the things farmers should be looking for, the label on the outside is fine. Now you're checking the ingredients. So you've underlined additives. Some milk replacers, are o- our own would have digesteron in it and Guardian. So they've actually been proven in trials. So they would help, the digesterone would help to reduce the chances of the calves getting scour and also decrease the time it takes for them to recover from getting scour because it's a, a unique blend of um, essential oils and they help to not only line the, the gut of the um, intestines, but it also has properties that are anti-inflammatory and antiviral. They're natural and they have been proven in trials, whereas there's other products and they, they would have additives and they say they will cure scour or they'll prevent it from coming at all. That's not true. We're not saying that you you won't get scour, but our product will help to reduce the chance of getting it and reduce the time that it takes to recover from the scour. Very important to emphasise those points. Speaking to Miss Susan Casey, Calf Milk Replacer Specialist, Dairy Goat Agribusiness, could you please tell our listeners about your own Prime Elite Milk Replacer range? Well, we'd have two different products. We'd have the Prime Elite 23 and the Prime Elite 25 Plus. So the, the 23 would be a... 23% protein and then there's a 20% oil in that but it's coconut oil and palm oil so that's there for the energy that's really high quality oil the oil is not there for the protein it's there for the energy to mimic the fat that's in whole milk then there's the guardian it's derived from garlic so that's for gut health again it's antibacterial antifungal it's it'll help the the lining of the gut and reduce chance of infection the 25 then is the 25% protein and again it has the oil again for the energy and this also has the digesterone then where and the guardian whereas the 23 would only have the guardian. So the digesterone is the one that will help to reduce scour and then reduce the amount of time it takes to recover from it. An excellent um, combination there. Dairy go to agribusiness. 
you have a special offer starting in January 2019, fairly soon. So it'll be kicking off the 1st of January. So for every five bags of the milk replacer you buy, whether it's primarily 23 or primarily 25, you'll get one free bag of the primarily crispy calf, calf pride or calf grow. For people whose calves have problems, have you general advice for anyone who has issues with the scour in their calves? If you would have had a lot of problems last year, the, the number one point is hygiene. Make sure everything is clean before the season starts and maintain that level of cleanliness throughout the season. Also, if you had a high level of cryptosporidium, um, last year, crypto, most of um, farmers would know it as, there's a new product out called Cryptoguard and it's um, a preventative. It's not a cure for cryptosporidium, um, but it must be fed in the first feed, so with colostrum. Um, and it's actually been proven um, and by the department as well. So it will help to prevent it. It protects the gut. So if there is any issues with that last year, I would um, seriously think about investing in this product. It's about 850 per treatment um, with the powder. It also comes in liquid form as well. So depending on the age of the calf. Things farmers, our listeners should be looking for on the label. Just a few hints as to what you should be looking for initially before we go through all the checklist which you've kindly outlined. For your milk replacer in the Prime Elite, the Elite, you'll see that it's the first ingredient is whey protein. That's what you should be looking for no matter where you're buying your milk replacer from. Um, the temperature that you're mixing at it. Ours is spray dried, so it can actually be mixed in cold water. Um, but don't ever go above the 40 degrees when you're mixing the milk replacer. And again, the number of ingredients straight away, you'll see it if there's a large number of ingredients. There's very poor quality proteins being used. That's a warning sign. Too many ingredients. Yeah. Speaking to uh, Susan Casey about her new role as calf milk replacer specialist with Dairy Gold Agribusiness. But any other points you want to raise which you feel would help people be aware of the great advantages of prime elite milk replacer for their calves? It'll set the calf up. It has that whey protein, so that will help to grow the calf. Um, fit, not fat, is what you're looking for. Um, so you're looking for the frame to grow, and by, by making sure that the calves are getting this right level of nutrition early in life, you're setting them up for performance later in life. Very important. Uh, if people want to contact you or find out more or contact uh, anyone at all, you might give us a couple of useful phone numbers to follow up on what you've been saying for listeners in case they tuned in halfway through the programme, unfortunately. Yeah, you can contact myself on 087-067-1246. That's 087-067-1246. Or anyone on the inside sales team on 022 31644. Speaking to Miss Susan Casey, calf milk replacer specialist, Dairy Gold Agri Business. Susan, you referred there more than once to the very special offer starting in January. Now, in addition to the special offer in January, the Prime Elite Milk Replacer offer, are there any other special offers you would like to mention to our listeners which you feel would be of interest? Of course, all of these are money savers and they promote top-class uh, health and top-class calves? Um, well, we would have started last year and we're going, it's still running. Um, so if you buy an automatic um, feeder, so from Lely, Volac or JFC, you'll get a voucher from us and th that entitles you 
to five bags of milk replacer and 10 bags of the primarily crispy calf on the purchase of your first pallet of our milk replacer. And this offer runs for three years. So over the three years, you'll get 15 bags of milk replacer and 30 bags of the primarily crispy calf. So that's important for anyone that's thinking about buying a feeder or is buying it in the coming weeks. So a big investment, but if you are going to invest, well, why not avail of the extra bonus of what you're offering there? And exactly. There you go. You've given us the 87 1246 or 022-316-44 numbers for anyone wanting to get further information. But I think, Susan, we've covered uh, most of the points which you wanted to get across. And if anyone needs clarification, kindly phone those numbers at Dairy Goat Agribusiness. Thank you, Ms. Susan Casey, calf milk replacer specialist with Dairy Goat Agribusiness. Thank you, Susan. Thanks, John. You're very welcome. Mr. Billy Kelleher, Chagask Cork East Regional Manager based at Moorpark for Moy, joins us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme. Billy, welcome to the programme. Now, it looks like 2019, as it's been in 2018, twin issues, sustainability in farming and the income situation. Billy, welcome to the programme. Those issues, sustainability and, in fact, the Outlook conference held in Dublin some time ago, that, you know, was quite interesting. Yes, John, a lot of the the problems that arose in 2018, it was a very difficult year for farming, are probably things that will maybe not happen again in such frequency or all happen together. And um, overall, then, the policy kind of moves on to looking at this whole area of sustainability. And uh, sustainability has probably been seen now as the, the biggest issue kind of facing food producers and both on a farm level and processor level and having traceability right back to, to every item that's used on a farm. And certainly, you know, and Chagask and lots of other organizations are looking at this from, from different angles, but Chagask's brief is to try and uh, come up with some some solutions and to do measurements and assessments of some of the solutions that are more widely promoted in, in media. And um, certainly during the, the past while there, um, we had an Outlook conference there in early December in, in Dublin. And um, while that showed us, you know, it, it's put a figure of about 15% on the drop in income for last the past year that we're just ending now. Um, and projecting forward, you know, if weather comes back online, that we can regain some of that feed from our grass. We won't have to be, say, as dependent on bought-in feed, but... Looking forward, and you could see that maybe fertilizer prices are now on the, on the up in a big way. Feed prices have already gone up. So there's a bit of a price-cost squeeze coming on lots of farmers there in terms of getting back to a, a kind of more normal cost per litre for 22 cents for milk or something like that. We know the costs have probably gone up 3 or 4 cents. But down the road, then, there's this whole sustainability issue, and that can be probably defined into three areas of social sustainability. Is it going to be profitable for people to be milking cows on the economic front and if they're not milking cows out in the you know all over the country in many parts of rural Ireland which might be further from the cities and areas of employment it's going to affect the sustainability of those areas and then the whole thing of environmental sustainability comes in and that's that's probably divided now into three or four different issues one is the simple issue of dealing with farm waste and um, keeping our rivers and our waterways clean that's a very big issue as well controlled by legislation and then the other impact is the the whole greenhouse gases which are mainly made up of ammonia and and methane emissions and uh, you know we hear figures every day in the radios and maybe other media that uh, 
farming is one third of all uh, our methane emissions in, in Ireland. And sure enough, it is because we have a lot of cattle, and uh, traditionally we've had a lot of cattle in this country. They're maybe a bit more concentrated now in some large dairy herds, and some of those are being, I would say, unfairly blamed for um, increases in, in greenhouse gases because if we don't produce the milk here in Ireland, it'll probably be produced somewhere else that's not as efficient. Um, Ireland is very efficient, but there are a number of things that we can work on. And what Chagas has um, kind of outlined there recently now is that by really concentrating very hard on our dairy EBI, we can improve the efficiency of our cows, and down the road we may be able to stabilise our cow population, uh, and that will produce less less methane gases. If we change our fertiliser type back to more treated urea, and uh, not to be using as much calcium, ammonium, nitrate, and not to be spreading it in wet soils as much, we can certainly reduce the amount of ammonia gases, and agriculture is one of the biggest contributors of ammonia. The other thing we can do, of course, to reduce ammonia is to um, use low-emission slurry spreading systems, and they've become quite popular now. In fact, they're part of the new nitrates directive, as you may know. Uh, a bit hard to get the, all the equipment on farms now. It's, the manufacturers are finding it hard enough to make enough of the equipment to comply with that legislation. So there are a few things that would impact, say, would be possible in many other farms, even if drainage of land helps as well with nitrates because there's less um, nitrates sitting in, inside the water, getting less, less denitrification. The forestry is one that has been promoted in a big way to kind of sequester this carbon down back into, into green leaves and to take it out of the air. And it's a slow enough process with the amount of forestry we have. We would have to plant a lot more forestry, as I'm sure you've heard many times, our listeners have heard, and that will impact, of course, a lot on the rural areas and the more remote rural areas. But that will have a very big effect on the number of metric tons of um, carbon that will be sequestered back from the atmosphere. Some of the other things then that are, you know, maybe possible. We have a lot of windmills propping up in all areas around North Cork and West Cork and Kerry and any area where there is a bit of height at all in the land, and they're certainly are a big help. But also the the whole biomass. Uh, for energy, which would be taking down carbon from the air very and short rotation back into uh, into an energy system, replacing the the fossil fuels. There are a number of other things which you know will be within the remit of farms as well. John um, would be animal health, improving animal health. A lot of the co-ops now have very big programs going ahead in that. In fact, you, you might be aware that Dairy Gold have a a new scheme coming in under a sustainability heading where they will supplement the cost of animal health testing on the milk. Uh, the nitrogen use efficiency certainly is, is well within the farmer's reach, and uh, they can work hard on that. So that's kind of maybe a lot of stuff down the road, but it's something to be kind of thinking along while people are thinking back, you know, what happened in, the, in 2018, how are they going to regain that fodder? We have a figure put out there that, in reality, large dairy farms would probably need two tonne of dry matter per cow, uh, in storage on the farm all year round if we were to get more events like we did in 2018. But that's an enormous cost. It could be costly up to three or 400 euros per cow to put that in place. And um, that will not be easily done, but it can be built on with improved soil fertility. I think as well, John, the other thing that I've, you know, I've been looking at the situation all the year, and um, the figures we're getting now from places like Moor Park, where there's constant grass measuring going on, and I'm sure it's no big mystery that we're well back in grass growth during 2018, but the figures are there for it also, which shows a, a drop of around three tonne of dry matter per hectare produced and obviously utilised. And the thing that comes to my mind the whole time, you know, is this, that 
we, we've often been speaking and many people have been speaking about the value of grass in our diet, but maybe always it wasn't quite realised the actual cost of it. But the cost of not having this grass in the diet has been enormous this year for dairy farmers, especially maybe one ton extra of meal per cow, which is you know costing €250. Euros. And in, in the normal situation, that dry matter would only be costing maybe €70, €70 Euros per cow. So on bigger dairy herds, or when the multiplier is there for any herd of any kind of stock, it has run up to very big costs. So I would think, you know, let's kind of deal with some of these sunken costs, and that's a term that I picked up there from uh, reading some stuff from America, that they, they, they treat some of these costs as kind of sunken costs. They say they will try and recover them, but they won't let it overwhelm them. They're, they will get overwhelmed if, if, it, if with anything with trying to get out of it and trying to, to buy their way out of it and produce their way out of it in the next number of years. So that would be some of my observations at present there, John. There has been some talk about uh, trying to reduce the methane emissions from cows, from cattle, by incorporating seaweed into the diet. Is that in any way practical or a realistic uh, possibility or suggestion? Well, there are a number of feed additives that have been kind of, you know, evaluated in different locations and some quite um, maybe spectacular results given out to, you know, the public and the media. But um, overall, their, their impact is, is actually less than producing um, or grazing a lot of grass during the year. If we can get our cows to graze four tonne of grass dry matter in the year and only depend on a smaller amount of preserved forage and uh, concentrated feedstuffs, um, the impact is nothing better than, than that, John. For 2019, what's the forecast really is that we would expect that there may be about a, a turnaround in income from last year, so maybe an 8 to 10% increase in the average farm income in 2019, depending on the markets, and of course the big issue hanging over the whole thing there is Brexit. Um, our dry stock farms are, you know, they have, they're heading into a very serious income situation if, if Brexit becomes difficult and if we have this, uh, this no-deal Brexit um, because the, the, we are depending so dependent on the British market there for our beef. Cereal farmers, like they had some low yields certainly following the very dry summer, but they got a very good price for their straw and a reasonable price for their grain. And there's low... Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Woods of winter barley sown this year, so with any kind of a decent summer and run into the harvest next year, the right crop is probably in the ground anyway. Um, so there is room for optimism, but there are, you know, as I mentioned earlier on, this high price of fertilizer and the high price of bought in animal feed will certainly take, you know, a lot of uh, money from farmers' pockets in 2019 also.
Thank you very much indeed, Billy, Mr. Billy Kelleher, Regional Manager, Chagas Cork East, Chagas Advisory Office, Moor Park for Moy. Billy, we take this opportunity, myself and all at C103 in the Dairy Gold uh, Farm Talk Programme, of wishing you a very, very happy Christmas at 2018 to you and your staff and uh, a prosperous 2019 and hopefully some of the problems which we uh, fear now won't in fact develop but if they do Chagas will be there to help all your clients Indeed indeed we will and John I'd like to reciprocate your greetings there for Christmas to to yourself and to all our our clients and listeners out there over the past year and um, you know hopefully that uh, they benefited from your programme and from having our slots on that programme and from the general uh, sponsorship there of Dairy Gold for the Farm Pro- Talk programme over the past year. So thank you, John. Thank you very much indeed, Billy. Miss Odile Evans, Acting Deputy News Editor, Irish Farmers Journal, joins us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme. I understand, Odile, based on your article in this week's journal, there will be extra money for certain disadvantaged area losers, ANC losers, areas of natural constraint, following the recent ANC map revision. Yeah, so um, anybody who had lost their um, ANC payment or is due to lose their ANC payment were going to be paid 80% of the value of it in 2019 and 20% of the value of it in 2020. But now um, we've secured extra funding um, and a little bit of extra scope within the EU regulation so that those farmers who have lost out can receive 80% of the value of their payment in 2019 as before, but they will receive 40% of it in 2020. So there's a little bit extra there to cushion the blow. You have figures in your journal article regarding the number of townlands which will be taken out of the ANC. So there's yeah 700 townlands to be taken out of the ANC and... Um, it's estimated to affect around 760 farmers. But bear in mind, I think about 2,000 townlands gained entry to the uh, to, uh, with the new ANC maps. And you can c- pretty much pinpoint the changes to uh, Kerry, Donegal, the Midlands, uh, Wicklow, Wexford, those kind of areas. And I understand, again, the IFA were the source for this, over 300 new townlands admitted in the Cork County area. Yeah, exactly. So um, there's, there's more townlands than out shall we say but then obviously for those farmers who are have been taken out it it, it is um, a loss of a payment so there is an appeals process now set up um, and I understand that you know quite a few farmers have decided to appeal it um, the decision to take them out and they they're getting their paperwork together uh, to make an appeal to the um, committee. And when we talk about ANC's areas of natural constraint, we are in fact uh, referring to what we knew many years ago as the disadvantaged area payments, disadvantaged areas. Exactly, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's possibly one of the oldest schemes we have uh, under our common agricultural policy in Ireland, so um, it's around for quite a while. We had uh, severely disadvantaged areas. There was a hierarchy of disadvantaged areas, and some of them were really desolate regions where eking out a living was uh, going to be very, very hard if we wanted to encourage people to live in rural areas or high mountain areas where sheep were the sole means of people trying to eke out a living from agriculture. Yeah, and again, like as before in the ANC scheme up until now, um, the Department of Agriculture is proposing to continue front-loading payments to those more disadvantaged areas, so the mountain grazing and that kind of thing. So they would receive um, like a Category 1 payment, which would be higher than those who would be on the less severely handicapped land. Now, I know the IFA, of course, being very proactive and uh, always demanding new things where they see any possibility of rectifying uh, problems. 
in your journal article you refer to the IFA Rural Development Committee Chairman Mr Joe Brady he is saying that when the appeals when the independent appeals body is up and running is in operation the IFA will be trying to have new areas hopefully included so in that way this uh, oncoming independent appeals body that could be a very, very important body and uh, very important for people who feel in any way aggrieved with the uh, allocations. Yeah, next year is going to be interesting on that front with the appeals body because, as I say, I know some farmers definitely are already getting their appeals together um, and have been you know, in contact with their childless advisor and whoever else they need to talk to to put together the information on that. So, yeah, I mean, that's the IFA stance is that no area should, should lose out and so they're um, hoping to get them... Uh, reviewed so that uh, everybody gets the day in the scheme. The journal is available on the usual Thursday this week and next week, which can sometimes change due to Christmas, but it's still available on Thursdays. Well, that's great. Thank you very much indeed for all the great reports you've given us throughout the year and indeed looking forward to working with you in the future. Ms O'Deal Evans, Acting Deputy News Editor, Irish Farmers Journal. Thank you very much indeed for all of your great help in 2018 and indeed in the previous years. Thank you, John. Have a good Christmas. We are joined on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme by Mr Tom Barry, a major tillish farmer and also business owner in the area. Now, I understand that you are in fact storing the alfalfa fodder for our sponsor, Dairy Gold Cooperative Society. Yes, John, uh, we've been very busy at this now since last September when I spoke to you first. Back then we were just getting ready and, you know, organising ourselves. And I think it's it's a good time now to come back and let people know how it's progressing and, you know, maybe encourage them to have a look at their fodder situation because, you know, we're now at the latter end of December. We still have a nice bit of winter to go through uh, and it's very important for people here to make sure that they are adequately covered uh, with fodder. So that's why I'm here to speak to you today. End of the year and start of a new year, a good time for people to reflect, an opportunity to reflect on their own fodder situation for quite a long time. Chagas have been urging people to have their fodder budget. So people now could reflect on what their fodder needs are, what their projections are. And of course, I think the indications are we are going to have a, a wet and maybe late spring, the winter will be extending well into what we'd call spring. Essentially, we had a very busy back end bringing in all the over 12,000 tonnes of product uh, for Dairy World. A lot of people would have, you know, were saying, oh, it's not moving. Well, we had a, a quite back end at the start because of good grass growth. Um, but now it's moving and moving absolutely rapidly. I would say it's it will hit over halfway there, there will be over half of the fodder imported will be gone to farm by the end of the year. And in case people feel that, you know, there is no end to this uh, imported fodder, well, there will be an end to it. And unfortunately, when it comes to an end, you know, more can't be sourced. And the thing is that at the moment, people have access to this. They have access to cheap credit. It will go on to the 04 account, I understand. There'll be good credit terms and in fairness to Dairy Gold, they've always been very good when dealing with farmers and credit. And I would hate to have a situation where somebody inadvertently arrives next March and says, oh, gee, because, you know, I've, I've actually need fodder here, but there's none there. Because what they'll end up doing then is actually either finance it directly from their own cash flow or they'll go to the bank for funding to buy. And, and when you measure up weight per weight, um, 
yeah, a lot of the native stu- uh, fodder is actually turning out to be more expensive than the imported fodder for a number of reasons. Uh, firstly, the imported fodder is extremely good quality, 95% dry matter, 17% protein. Uh, it's a very good quality feed and people can mix it accordingly or use it to, to stretch out their own fodder situation. But it's I, I would urge everybody to who is in this situation to to go and have a look at your situation um, if you're not quite sure, bring in a second person to assess it with you um, because it's like anything. When, when it's moving out and moving quickly, you know, it's, it, it, won't, it won't be easy to, to get it again. And, and I mean, certainly you couldn't envisage a situation where, where to be reshipped in the month of March. I don't think it would even be out in Europe at that stage. And I think the reports are from the UK and other places that it's just not possible to get fodder now. It's all been used up or booked and uh, fodder is at an absolute premium where you can get it. Well, you're right. And, and you see, the, the problem is, like everybody knows, when, when you start going for product very late, uh, especially after a summer we've had across Europe where there was massive demand, all that might be left would be poor quality product. And... At the moment, at least, we can stand over the product that's there. It's, it's excellent. Um, people who are using that for milking are finding great results on it, uh, high milk solids, etc. So it's, it is, I mean, this is the product that's used right across the world, actually. Uh, an awful lot of it in the Middle East is used. That's, this is how they, they, milk, they, they provide the, the mainstream fodder, believe it or not. Um, so it's there. It's moving quickly. And, I mean, the local reps from Dairy Gold are all there waiting to, to give you a hand and talk to you about it. And certainly, look, if you feel that it's something that, that needs consideration, then it definitely needs consideration. If, there's, if you have any slight worry, you know, and the thing about it, look, it's, it'll be there next year. If you buy a little bit too much, you know, it won't, go, it won't go bad. It'll stay there. It'll preserve very well. And, you know, it's something that, you know, is there as, as a reserve and as a backup because it's, it's security. And, it, you know, in the end of the day, it's peace of mind because... I would ask people to cast their minds back to when they were really worried about fodder. Like, it, it's quite a distressful place to be and you don't want to be having that situation in the middle of a calving season when you have enough pressures on and very little sleep and a lot of hard work. Um, now, I would suggest use Christmas time to sit down and reflect uh, on what you need uh, fodder-wise because, you know, this is a good product but, on, but for, fortunately or unfortunately, half of it is, is, will be gone by Christmas and, you know, once you're into the declining balance, um, it, you know, it could get scarce quickly. Dairy Gold CEO, Mr. Jim Wolfe, uh, at a recent meeting, he said, far better to be looking at fodder than be looking for fodder when we get this bad extended winter and late spring and wet flooded spring. Well, he's absolutely right. And I mean, I have to give full credit to Jerry Sullivan as well, who, who is coordinating it. And Jerry has been doing this for a number of years now. I mean, he, he's probably one of the most experienced people in the country with fodder importation, having been, this is the third fodder crisis in five years. And we're lucky to have someone with Jerry's experience because he knows where to get quality product and he knows how to get it in quickly. And we, we, we made the decision to get it in as fast as we could over the last number of months because when the demand starts on farm, you couldn't keep up to it. it it's, so, it's so strong. So we, we front-loaded it and now we're in a situation, you know, to, to provide it as long as, you know, people are, have their, their sums made up and they understand what they need. 
Now, we mentioned uh, two dairy gold personnel there. I think congratulations are in order for another person yes. in dairy gold. Yes, there was a new board member, Donald Shinnick, was uh, elected this week, and I'd like to wish him well in his tenure. A uh, very capable person. And um, he's replacing Donald Buckley, whose 10 years are up. And uh, certainly I would like to congratulate Donald for the good work he has done. Um, he came in when the co-op was at a very difficult uh, period in its history. And along with the other board members and the CEO, they have been, they've really done really well and left the co-op in a better position than what they got it. And I'm sure Donald Shinnick will do just as well. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's good to see capable people uh, come into the helm. And of course, looking at the fodder situation and the feed situation through November and into the start of December, Dairy Gold held a very wide ranging series of meetings, fodder and feed planning workshops. And at those workshops, they spoke to individual farmers and worked out individual plans for those farmers. So in that way, again, eating into the element of uncertainty and making sure that if we are hit with a terrible spring, a long winter and a terrible spring, well then at least people will have a, a relatively good sense of where they are and what they need and what they're dealing with. It's so important to be prepared. You see, the problem is if, if people don't prepare, give time in preparation, um, a problem can appear almost like suddenly. And the thing is, we have solutions to any potential fodder issue now. But, and the thing is, there are other co-ops who are not in the enviable position that Dairy Gold are, that they don't have this imported fodder. I'm sure they're all going to be trying to get their hands on some of it as well. It's very important that our farmers here recognise that it's out there for them, the credit is available for them, and which is really important because, you know, once it's gone, you know, you're, you're trying to finance this and God knows there's enough of expense out there because fertiliser will be increasing in price this year by all accounts. And with the weather patterns we're getting, I mean, I see it from a tillage point of view, we're getting long periods of rain, long periods of dry, of dry, not all at the times of the year you want them. And the last two springs have been have been very, very unusual. I mean, we all know last spring, but the previous spring, we had a flood uh, in the middle of April. And, you know, there was it, it, it delayed sowing of spring barley. It, it certainly waterlogged ground. And at the moment, ground is swimming. Um, it, it just won't take any more. So it's... It's just a good time to, to look at it because sometimes if the weather is quite enough coming up to Christmas, people are, you know, they get a bit relaxed, maybe take down their guards a bit and think that this is the way it will remain. But we haven't had any heavy weather really regarding frost. So I, I just saying, you know, do your do your work over Christmas and, you know, therefore there'll be no surprises, please God, in, in, um, in the new year. Speaking to Mr. Tom Barry, tillage farmer and a business owner in the region, Tom... Can we do anything at all about the looming Brexit situation? We've had very sinister comments from the former UK Conservative Minister for Overseas Development, Priti Patel. She said we can always starve the Irish into submission. And uh, that was echoed by some people as if it were in this age of political correctness. It was OK to talk about, you know, everything old is new again and we can starve the Irish be it um, having a Berlin airlift type of thing, if their lorries aren't allowed cross the land bridge. In that uh, situation, is there anything at all people can do? Should they be just very careful to get the finances in order? It's all conjecture. We're talking against the background of, you know, shadow boxing, the no deal. Perhaps it's all just a, an elaborate uh, game to fray the nerves of the, the other side. I'm sure most of your listeners are are 
have it up to their to their eyeballs listening about Brexit. However, uh, as most farmers will realise, we're in it for the long term. Um, we're in it for generations, and please God, for more generations to come. So for us, it's going to be all about production. We'll keep producing, keep it doing it efficiently. Um, comments such as those, as you mentioned, are unhelpful. They're quite uh, uninformed. There are people who are in positions and quite, quite frankly, they're not capable of being in those positions. Uh, the, the worries we have immediately are currency uh, because our product is being sold into the UK. Ironically, I'm one of the people who believes that the solution to Brexit will be found in food inflation. When the general public in England, who have always had a cheap food policy, eventually realise that the price of their food, which they have had very, very cheap, goes up to such a point that they can't afford a foreign holiday or all the other luxuries that they want, then you'll see unrest. Up to now, they haven't seen that. And while they say they'll, they'll, they'll get goods and food from all over the world, it's, it's, it's a bit like the father we spoke of earlier. While there's a surplus at the far end of the world, yes, they'll get untraceable uh, food with God knows what went into it, if they want that, if that's what they want. But if there comes a demand in the far end of the world, well, they won't get any food at all from there. And they'll end up having to buy it from their nearest neighbours at whatever price their nearest neighbours demand. So they'll hit what world market prices are. And as a grain farmer, I'm well aware of world market prices. We've had to live with them. And what happens there is you'll have two or three years of very low prices and then things get really strong. And it's just such a volatile situation. But I don't believe that the English public will be, are, are ready for this at all. Um, you know, I think they've been caught up in arguments that make absolutely no sense. Ironically, a lot of them voted to, um, to stop immigration into England. Uh, but then now they're fighting to have no border in Ireland. I mean, it, it, you know, the two facts don't marry together at all. And one other point that they've totally ignored is the Good Friday Agreement, which was, you know, a really, really hard-fought-for um, deal which brought peace in this island, thankfully, uh, is an international binding treaty. And they cannot walk away from their responsibilities in Ireland. And they can give us all the talk they like, but behind it, they are the hard facts. And, you know, currency is going to affect some of our farmers and our products going across to England. Um, but still in all, we are, part, we are still part of the wealthiest market in the world, which is Europe. And we will rely on Europe even more to export our product. There's, uh, you know, the Minister for Agriculture and the Taoiseach are correct. There's no such thing as a good Brexit. You know, OK, there might be some certain companies coming into Ireland for filling financial um, roles. But in general, we are a food producing nation. Um, we are producing to the highest standards. And thankfully we are. But it, it's bringing uncertainty to farmers, you know, with the fodder, you know, all we can do is make sure that at farm level, we've done everything correctly. Uh, politically, you know, the minister and, and, and others are doing really well. We have a very responsible government and an opposition because, you know, Fianna Fáil are also standing in here and they're giving the government enough space to make decisions, whereas in England, their Labour Party is, is quite disgraceful. I mean, they are, they are making it so politically unstable that no decision is possible. And unfortunately, my belief at this stage is they're going to crash out and crash out hard uh, unless at the last minute somebody calls some bit of sense. But we'll be discussing this again. <laughs> we owe it to ourselves to follow the situation closely and uh, be aware that it's in the background there and, uh, you know, hope for the best, uh, as it were. 
Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Tom Barry, major tillage farmer in the area and also a business owner. Tom, we take this opportunity of wishing you and your family and staff a very, very happy Christmas 2018 and a prosperous 2019. And I'm sure we can both wish our listeners uh, all the best. Yes, thank you, John. I'd like to wish all the people out there a happy Christmas. And, you know, it's a time for rest and reflection and enjoy it. And we'll all be renewed for the new year. Thank you, John. Thank you, Tom. The final speaker on our programme this morning was Mr Tom Barry, major tillage grower and business owner in the East Cork area. And that's our programme for this morning. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to John Foot on Controls. And on behalf of myself and our sponsor Dairy Gold and C103 and colleagues, I would like to wish all of our listeners a very happy Christmas 2018 and a prosperous New Year 2019. The next Farm Talk programme will be on this coming Wednesday night, St. Stephen's Night, 26th of December 2018, at 10pm. Enjoy the festivities. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Trusted by generations of farmers. Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Putting your animal nutrition needs first. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.